Whoa. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 44 of the Jader and Kyle show. I hope you were kidding with me, Jader. Um, uh, it's or going back to back this week, guys. We just had an episode yesterday and we are back in it today. Jader, uh, welcome back to the show, man. It's good to be back uh, two days in a row. We are back two days in a row. I think this is the first time we've done this. We've done short weeks, but we've never done back to back episodes. Never so, once. Thrilled, thrilled to see your face uh your mug again dude um, Are you really? <laughs> how was how was your thursday what did you do today i got covid tested again and yeah, oh, that was well, that's fun. exciting yeah how was that? So, uh, it's you know same old same old getting used to it at this point so <laughs> so it's been uh it's been interesting but um fun 24 hours i uh, got more stuff coming down later in the week so it's gonna be fun uh, otherwise, this episode that we're doing today has been, I feel like, a long time coming, even though it's Seriously. about two weeks, right? Agreed. 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 It's uh, it's something that scheduling and, you know, COVID or whatnot, uh, everything got, sort of got in the way of this episode. But I'm finally glad we are shooting it, man. Um, well, we'll talk about the film in a little bit, but this is somebody that I, I highly respect in the uh the movie trivia schmodown he came out of nowhere like guns blazing took over it um so without further ado man we have adam collins on the show welcome adam yeah. welcome to there the show Mr. adam collins jader kyle good evening to you both and yeah, good evening, cheers i i think cheers. i can drink on on this network yes absolutely yes, we can now that's a hell of a glass jader that's a hell of a glass this is a prototype where where uh, that uh, I shot the uh, I shot the idea to Christian, so we're talking about it. But uh, okay, yeah, okay, I'll, know, buy, I'll, I'll buy a whole this, set. There's there's one on me. Don't worry about it. I'll ship it to you. Just send me your address. I got you, buddy. I didn't even right, get man. one. What are we doing here? That's not fair. <laughs> this is an exclusive club, dude. Welcome to the show. It is I'm I'm excited for this episode because I, I we'll get to the the movie itself later on, but let's start with you, Adam. Man, what a year it has been for you. Like your life has completely changed within this past year, right? Yes, in many ways. But yeah, the <laughs> showdown alone has uh has has been transformative to say the least um, yeah, yeah man. so talk to us about that journey i know that you were a uh because i've heard about you before you actually joined the schmodown because your your name was already going around you know uh that you uh during the um during the free agency um so you played league on on the, you played in the fan leagues correct oh yeah yeah you know i um like you, Jader, I, I've been a fan for a long time, and I've been to a number of live events. Couldn't make it to Orlando, uh, um, oh, but was really, Could you imagine? really... That was a hell of an event. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was so happy for you when I heard your story, and I followed your uh, career very closely, and uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's, just, it's just been so exciting to see that, uh, see that play out. Um, and, you know, I... I didn't have that opportunity and I, and I didn't have aspirations necessarily about getting directly into the Schmodown, but I had spent so much time obsessively watching this game and I knew, I knew a good amount of things. And I just, I was like, I got to get this out of my system. So I, uh, at the, at the second New York live event, 
I started uh, mingling and talking to people who were involved in the fan leagues. And that was the best thing I did because everyone was super friendly and they, they pointed me in the right directions on how to get involved. And I got involved with uh, two or three different uh, leagues um, that fall of 2019. And that's where it all started. And I just, uh, I played in those, those leagues to really just scratch this itch that had, I'd become obsessed with. Um, and the fan leagues are very, very um, unpredictable and occasionally ruthless in terms of questions. They are, to- sorry to interrupt, but they are totally ruthless. A lot of <laughs> a lot of people think that I came from the fan leagues. Like uh, when my name first started coming around and, you know, they were like, who is this guy? And you know, they're like, yeah, he comes from the fan leagues. And I'm like, no, no, I didn't. And I started... Um, that night in Orlando, I met a bunch of people. They told me about Jack of all trades and, and they just started like, you know, requesting me. So I started watching the family mm-hmm. game there. There are some ruthless, ruthless questions. Like I think like 10 pointer questions on that shit. Where oh, I'm yeah. like, Jesus Christ, dude. You know, and so it's, it's, there's so much diversity in the way the questions are asked because these, these other leagues have to differentiate themselves from the Schmodown. And so they have different round threes, different round twos sometimes, um, different rules overall, um, different kinds of categories, and then people can create their strengths out of thin air, um, uh, pretty much match to match. Uh, so if you are obsessed with just Crispin Glover movies, <laughs> he's never going to get a slice in the showdown. Well, maybe never. Say never. Yeah, never say uh, never. Never say never. Yeah, say yeah. Never. I mean, I, I, I feel like PJ and I could could vibe about some Crispin Glover, but just to use him as an example, I could get a slice for him in the fan leagues, no problem. Um, in fact, I was planning on it. Um, <laughs> but, but not uh, machine questions. Yeah, but yeah. the point is, like, you can walk into a match in those leagues and you play, uh, uh, you get a round two category that's insanely specific or about a really um, esoteric, like director or actor or something and it just but that's what i liked about it it was so unpredictable and it put everyone on a level playing field in a, in a certain way um so i just really immersed myself in that community and um there have been there's so many people who have been doing it longer than i have and continue to do it uh and and the people who were drafted this year in fact i think a lot of them played in the leagues longer than i did yeah i, I barely got my feet wet but then but yeah, then 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 uh, Christian found out who I was, thank God, and uh, and reached thank out God, to me. Exactly, dude. that's awesome. Well, well, I was so, excited. <laughs> I, so how was that? How did that conversation go? Because obviously you you weren't in the draft in January when when you know Marisol, myself, and you know the 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 draft obviously that happened in January. But you were there for the free agency. So how did that come about? Yeah, uh, uh, Christian reached out to me. Um, and asked if I would be interested in being a free agent. And I, I said, yes, of course. Um, but I just, I was in a bit of shock. Um, uh, cause I had no idea he knew who I was. Um, even though I'd been to live events, I'd met him, but everyone met him. No, I've said, I've I, seen you. I've seen yeah. uh, lately people are pausing you in the live events. They're like, Oh, look who was at this event. And she's like, <laughs> it's, better. it's so great. Yeah. I think there was it's, one shot where it was like three or four of you guys. I could, I don't remember what I obviously remembered. It was you. Um, <laughs> but I I've seen like, they've been posting pictures like that. I'm like, that's pretty great, man. Well, yeah, there was, there was, um, I, I and I, and I like seeing that too. 
Although I think I think Snyder made a pretty, I got to give him credit, a pretty funny joke about. Uh, he said like I'm picking up on single white female vibes in this in this film or something because <laughs> like it was me in the audience for him playing Oyama or something. Um, oh, there it is. He, I, credit where credits due. But uh, yeah, um, when Christian reached out to me, he just said, I'd "Like you to be a free agent. Um, no guarantee you'll be drafted, but we'll see what happens." And then. Um, I had taken the initiative to let Shannon know I was playing in the fan leagues uh, prior to that because she had announced a vacancy uh, in her faction, and yeah. I didn't I didn't think that would necessarily get me a spot. I just figured I had nothing to lose by politely letting her know that I was playing matches and that I was building up a winning record. At that point, I had a I was three and zero. Well, I was in and there's several different leagues as you know but there's um the league i played in the most um i went three and zero in singles and three and zero in teams and at that point i reached out to her i was like okay i have a little resume here i can be like hey you know, here's the video um so she reached out to me and uh gave me gave me the first pitch and we had a great conversation and i had made up my mind and then winston reached out and we had a good conversation too but i told him out of respect that i was going with shannon but i didn't want to ignore him and uh yeah. And the rest is history. And history was definitely fucking made, my friend. <laughs> Holy shit, what a year you had, man. Right. You know? and, and again, it was something that, you know, your name was buzzing around. I had seen I had, uh, I had seen some of your matches, and I'm like, this guy is the real deal. I'm like, this guy is going to go far. And your very first year, man, I feel like our uh, – I mean, obviously, I, I feel like I had a strong rookie year. I obviously, uh, you know, had my losses here and there. But I feel like our rookie class – you know, with Barbarian and Parker and Collins and Marisol and myself, like Goddard. we, you know, Ben Goddard, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, we we had we had a pretty strong rookie class. So, are you looking to, uh, forward to see what what the because uh, this year was? You know, it's funny because this year was called War. Um, last year was called the New Era. But I feel obviously we're you know we're keeping the war theme and everything. You know, we're going at each other's throats. But I feel like this is definitely the new era. If that makes any sense, because it's so many yeah. fresh faces in this, you know. So I, um, go ahead. I, I take a lot of pride in our in our rookie class because um, we were a larger wave of rookies than previous seasons, but not like in different ways. We all had our own narrative. You, James, Marisol, myself, Barbarian, Goddard, um, Parker. We we all had a different story and. Um, I think what's special about it is we all came more or less from obscurity and there's something exciting about that. That's why Rocky won best picture, um, you know, and I, and I, I just think I knew that with me, I didn't think anything was a guarantee. I just knew I knew answers most of the time Mm -hmm. and I wanted to put that to the test and and character work has been secondary for me and and i have so many things in the works for this season it's gonna be that. a lot of fun and Look i'm your working up, up, up there <laughs> <laughs> love it thank you kindly thank you kindly marisol um but i feel like what's cool is we were trendsetters you know me you marisol and the others uh you know and uh the reason I feel confident in saying that is look at the draft this year and yeah. look what happened. And, you know, you have 
people making fun of the Finstock Exchange, but I respect I respect what they did. Um, I've said that and I, and on a bunch of shows, my friend. I've said that on a bunch of shows mm -hmm. that to look out for them. And you know what? Mm -hmm. They, you know, you saw you saw the you saw the. Um, I don't know if you saw the match today. Um, with the yeah, major yeah. and NB. Look at that, you know. And you know, know, it was they're they're getting their W's in, man. So major respect. Craig is a dear friend of of, of mine and a dear friend of the show. He's been on here multiple mm -hmm. times already. And um, I had to. I reached out to him today, and I was like, "Hey, you guys are." fucking killing it dude i'm like congrats you guys were getting so much shit uh during that draft i'm like congratulations i know you guys are holding your head up really high right now i'm very like you know like you know pumping your chest right now like you know be proud it's, you know enjoy this moment absolutely i think it's good uh that you know a lot of factions shook it up you know like over in corruption we maintained a lot of the same roster um, uh, but that wasn't a mistake, you know, and the people we brought in, um, were people who've all played the game to varying degrees. And even Jacob London, who's a rookie has, has played in the fan leagues and is a student of the game. Um, and we have our strategy and everyone else has theirs and we'll see, we'll see who ends up on top at the end of the season. But I do respect those who have put faith in, unproven talent because i think i think our class demonstrated that we we there's some potential out there yep um i want to ask you adam kind of about how your life has really changed within this past year because you didn't just have a debut but you really set the world on fire like i don't think anyone could have had a better debut than you had for a rookie season and I know it kind of sucks that you have to do it all from home. Like you couldn't go on stage or in a live event, anything like that. Cause you obviously would have been a part of that, but just being home and experiencing this love, how's that felt for you? Well, it's, it's, it's been a, a lot to process. Um, you know, I, the Schmodown is even before I became a competitor, it's a passion of mine. That's, basically involuntary. I can't help but follow it and keep my thumb on the pulse. Um, now that I'm in it the way I am, I'm in the game. Um, you, you can only imagine my dedication to it. Uh, you know, I do wish, as I'm sure Jader does, I wish that the Schmodown could be like a full-time job with benefits <laughs> and all that, because oh, yeah, that would be the, that oh, would be God, yes. the dream. That would be the dream. Uh, because, I have my day job, which I really like and I really appreciate. But I mean, to, to be honest, I, I the passion I feel for the Schmodown is just at a, a different level because my love for film, um, like a lot of us, it, it goes way back. And you know, I studied it, which you know, uh, in college, which you know nurtured that but it's it's my relationship with it since then and the way that schmodown itself reinvigorated my connection with cinema and got me back back to my roots mm -hmm. uh because at the time i like a lot of people was swept up in this renaissance of television and it's a bottomless pit there's too much yeah. good television yeah i i realized and that late as a really hard certain. to keep up with it's so and, hard to keep up with tv man and, and i forgot in about films yeah. too I, absolutely. Yeah. I, it was a time where I just stopped watching movies and I was all about watching whatever show was on. I was watching, you know, uh, Breaking Bad, um, Power, Sons of Anarchy. I was just lost. Dexter, whatever was on at the time. I was catching up. With it was nuts. Never, 
I had never seen The Wire. I had never seen Sopranos, so I started watching it. And then people were asking me, like, hey, what'd you think of it? Because I was always known with my friends. They're like, hey, you're the movie guy. Hey, what'd you think mm -hmm. of it? I'm like, oh, dude, I haven't gone to the movies in forever. And then I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, but then now I'm the opposite. Now I'm just film, 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 film. Like, the, I mm -hmm. haven't, I made time for Ted Lasso because of, of this guy. He told me to watch Ted yeah. Lasso. And I'm like, you know I what? Will, it's, it's, I will get around to that as well. <laughs> that you can, Adam, you can I knock been, that I knocked it out. I knocked it out in like a day and a half. Not even. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it was a full day. But uh, and, but and get around to it. It's it, it's a fantastic show. It's so great. But uh, so yeah. But, but we have to. But we 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 have to be selective with TV by necessity when we play in the Schmodown, though. Yeah. Like I I do watch certain shows, uh, but I have to be strategic, and I usually set a day aside to like binge them. So like Wandavision, I let like yeah. the first six episodes build up, and then I binged it, and then the final three episodes I watched week to week, so it was no big deal, and. Like that works for me because I, I have such a crazy schedule and movie watching on a regular basis is very important to me. I want to make sure I'm digesting cinema on a daily basis, even if I can't finish a film on a daily basis. And uh, so when I watch television, I just have to be highly selective. So I want also want to touch on this with you. You said you went to film school. Uh, I also mm -hmm. went to film school and I, what was that experience like while you were there? Like, what did you pick up on? Because I already went into it with, like, a knowledge of more classic film and stuff like that. And I really went in to learn how to make them better. But, like, what was your experience like when you went to film school? Well, I mean, frankly, I'd love to go back uh, someday and get and go for my master's. Um, yeah. Uh, because when I went into it, it was right after high school. And, you know, we're, we're so green back then. You know, we're so naive. And... Yes, and the way the way I would approach film school now would be so it would be fundamentally different. Um, uh, but it was like drinking from a fire hose. It was it was great. Like I I, I learned so much so fast, and right. I fell in love with it head over heels more than I already had. And um, you know, just started. That's when I started connecting with specific filmmakers and stuff like that. And I love the theory courses as well as the production courses. Mm -hmm. And I got a bachelor of science in, in production. Um, uh, but that was with uh, a, a pretty strong foundation in theory as well. And it just got me really engaged uh, with film history um, in a really comprehensive way. And that's something that I lost momentarily in my mid twenties until I found the showdown uh, uh, in my later twenties and now I'm in my mid thirties, <laughs> uh, if that tells you anything. And it's just the showdown, <laughs> the showdown really um, renewed. I can't, I can't overstate how it renewed my love for film and, and uh, it, it's paid dividends even before I ever became a competitor. It's tough because you can, it's easy to lose that passion for loving film because, you know, eventually you can hit a really bad string of movies over and over uh -huh. again, it, but, and it could get tough. But at the same time too, as soon as you catch that one that just grabs you, you suddenly rediscover that love and it's there every single time you watch it. That's what I love about film is when people always ask me like, why are you so obsessed with movies? It's because it's a different story every time. There's always going to be something different. That's a new experience every time I watch it. So that's why I really enjoy 
going to getting to watch films, seeing new ones all the time, also rediscovering some of the classics. And so, Adam, I think my big question to you would be, since you're the champion, like you obviously have to know so much at this point in the showdown to even get up into that level. Where did that knowledge come from? Are you like consistently watching movies every single day or like I'm not asking for your study techniques, but where did that wealth of knowledge come from? Um, well, it comes from the way I've related to film from a very young age, uh, which is a hard thing to articulate. But it's it's um, it's also having uh, just a knack for um, retaining information that I'm very passionate about or that I interact with on a regular basis. So I've always had an aptitude in my work. Regard, I've done so many things for a living uh, throughout my life. Um, and I've always developed an aptitude for whatever I'm doing because of the repetition. And uh, it just gets to this point where I have these idiosyncratic ways of relating to my job that I start then uh, teaching to my staff in unique ways. And, and it just helps uh, for me to develop a, a, a team over time, at least in my management experience, um, that, that functions as a well-oiled machine. Uh, when it comes to me as an individual, um, film is what I've loved the most in terms of art from when I was a very young, young person. And, and given, given my relationship with it over the years, um, it's just the way, the way I connect all of these different webs of information, whether it be directors, composers, the way the years films are released, genres, um, uh, things obviously that relate to my own personal experience of when I saw movies as they were released, but also the way I've gone back into history and I've interacted with so much film decade to decade and, and the way I just, I love film as a window into history, especially. So that's uh, my favorite questions that I answer in the Schmodown are, you know, films that are older, to be honest with you. Like those are the questions I love getting right the most because I enjoy watching films pre two thousands because everything that's come out since the two thousands, a lot of great stuff. Don't get me wrong, but we continue to dissect it on a regular basis because of by, by virtue of our age group. And so for older things to be discussed uh, or to be brought up in the showdown, that's stuff I really enjoy uh, just because it, it adds a little variety. And it doesn't happen often on the showdown too. Like the older film questions really don't come up as much as anything from, I think from the nineties till today, like that's where the bulk of showdown questions come from. And then when you hit those seventies, the classics, even sometimes modern classics, it's really impressive when you see the people who actually know that stuff, that's where you can see the real wealth of knowledge for a lot of people. And I feel like Jader, you probably feel the same way, right? Absolutely, hundred uh, percent. Same thing, um, Adam. Uh, mid, mid. Uh, I'm in my mid thirties as well, so uh, I, I was actually gonna uh, throw some questions at you. Um, do you remember the first film you saw in theater? Um, or the I first believe, film that you yeah. saw? You want to tell me, like, tell me the first film that you saw this? And you're like, oh, okay, I love this. Like, this is what I, I like. You know, just a film that first grabbed you, or the first film yeah. you saw in theater, whatever. If we're, if we're talking about literally the first film I saw as a child, uh, it was Beauty and the Beast, but I don't know that I realized that film was going to be a big part of my life at that point for the rest of my life. Uh, I love Beauty. I actually, to this day, Beauty and the Beast is probably my favorite Disney animated film. I think it's terrific. 
it's um, it's it's a hell of a film, dude. Not a I, I, I I really think it's great. Um, but uh, I, I saw Jurassic Park in theaters. Uh, so, uh, so that Opening was night. that was that was great. That was special. Um, uh, but honestly, um, if if pressed, uh, when I think about like a film that had an impact on me in the theater, um, I the, the first time that I was just flabbergasted uh, as as I was coming of age, really, was when Fellowship of the Ring came out, oh, and yeah. and uh, I saw it six times, and I just holy shit in the theater, yeah. Yeah. Wow, dude. I wow. it was it was it was a transformative experience. I had just read all the books and I uh that movie just it more than exceeded my expectations. I just I didn't know what to do with myself after I saw it the first time. So I just kept going back to the theater to get that high I mean, again. I've seen there's there's two movies that I've seen six times in the theater. So I don't I don't blame it was Spider-Man 2. So I had mm -hmm. six times in the theater, and I saw The Dark Knight six times in the theater as well. Mm -hmm. You know, those are two films for me that just blew me away. Um, obviously, both sequels, both coming. You were, we had a predecessor already, and then it just did. I felt like they always they just took it up that notch. Um, I so, saw Midsommar four times in theaters. Oh sweet. no! <laughs> well, you know, you know what? Let me let you oh. in on a little secret. I have not seen that film. Um, oh, it's yeah. it's Mike Kalinowski's favorite film of 2019. I heard um, he not hates really. that movie. I'm like, I heard he, <laughs> he hasn't that. he hasn't even seen it. He hates Hereditary. You want so he's, yeah. So okay, yeah. No, for me, it's, uh, that's the thing. I loved Hereditary. I, I, me too. I've seen it so many times. I'm a I'm a big horror buff. I just don't know why I never got around to seeing Midsommar. It's not that I don't want to. Um, and a bunch of my, my cousin is huge on it. He's like, dude, it's, it, he goes, it's just a very, very effed up movie. Yes. And he goes, you'll, you'll really dig it. Um, and he goes, but I don't know. He's like, you gotta, I always feel like I gotta be in a mood to see that. And my, uh, my girlfriend's not really into horror. So it, in fact, I was talking to Kyle, uh, two nights ago. I saw, I ended up watching, um, Annabelle comes home. Because I had uh, I hadn't finished that. It was the last of the Conjuring universe films. It's a, it's a that fun just, movie. It's very fun. So I, you know, I liked it. It, it. it wasn't bad. I like Creation more. I'm not gonna lie. The the Sandberg film for me. I was, do too. Was, I do too. Was the better film. Um, but I did, didn't hate Creation as. I mean, not Creation. Uh, comes home as much as a lot of people said that it wasn't as. I mean, it wasn't as good as a sequel. But they were like kind of like, you know, tossing it aside completely. Um, yeah. anyway, we saw the movie. I really liked it. I started watching it maybe like around nine, nine thirty at night, you know, just enough to go to sleep. Um, movie ended. I went to sleep. She could not go to sleep. She woke me up like three times that night where she heard like a little tap and she was like, <gasps> and she's like tapping me. I'm like, dude, <laughs> stop waking me up, man. I'm tired. I got to go to work in the morning. Um, so when it comes to horror, things like that, and even hereditary, she, it's a movie that she does not want to watch again. We saw it in the theater and she looked movie, and I, I shit you not the movie. She, she, the movie came out when we, like we were first started dating and, um, she, I told her, I'm like, man, I heard this movie is crazy. Cause Kyle saw it before I did. He saw it. He got to see it out of screen and. I, I was like, Kyle's like, it's right up your alley, dude. He's like, it's a fucked up <laughs> horror movie. He's like, you're going to like it. And I was like, all right, cool, awesome. 
Um, and there was major hype around it. A lot of hype behind behind uh, Ari Aster and, um, and, and Hereditary itself. So she told me, she goes, oh, she goes, I'll go watch it in the theater. She goes, but she goes, you, we have to watch it like at two in the afternoon so I can just go to sleep. I mean, like we can go about our day and I'm not thinking about it. I'm like, she, yeah, can yeah, go, sure. she can go out in the daylight. That, that always yeah. helps. Yeah. So <laughs> I ended up getting the, the 10 p.m. showing. And oh, I was like, hey, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you're coming. So how, how, how packed how packed was the uh, theater? At that it point? wasn't that packed. I think we went like on a Monday or Tuesday. I didn't see it open okay. the weekend. So I saw like on a Monday or Tuesday. It still had people in there. And I went to a, uh, the only theater that had it late for uh, that late for some reason was a theater that I hate going to because it gets packed with like teenagers and they, you know, yeah. whore and, you know, so but overall, I think the movie was so effed up that they they were just quiet. They couldn't say anything. They're like, I guess they the were like, yeah, yeah, they were like in shock, you know. Um, but the movie, the movie, um, I loved it. So it ends, and I get up, and I'm like, man, that was good. And I look at her, and she looks at me, straight face, not joking, because she's known to be like, she jokes around a lot. She has like, she's uh -huh. kind of like Mark Ellis. Promise you, she's always yeah. saying jokes and all that stuff. And she looked at me dead serious face and she goes, she goes, you need to take me to church. I felt like this <laughs> is a satanic. She goes, this is like a satanic cult film and I don't know why you're smiling. This is not funny. And I was like, oh my God, what did I do? Wait till you see Midsummer. <laughs> oh man. So, so then, uh, so then, um, I mean, we ended up, you know, like I promise you, I got home and then she's like, I'm sleeping over. I'm like, all right, that's fine. I'm going home. And I go to sleep. I can watch the most effed up movie ever. And I will, yeah. as soon as my head hits that pillow, I'm, I'm gone. Um, she said she couldn't, right? All of a sudden, I hear her cracking up in the middle of the night. I'm waking up. I turn over and she's watching the 40-year-old version, 3 a.m. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, you thought I was messing around? She goes, I'm not going to sleep until the sun comes out now. I'm watching comedies. She goes, you're lucky I'm off tomorrow. I'm like, <laughs> so that's a, a little bit of a hey, fun show there. I, I, mean, I feel I feel for her because uh, uh, very briefly, I saw The Exorcist way too young at 10 years old, wasn't ready for it, yep. um, hadn't Agreed. really quite figured out my relationship with religion at that age. So I took everything very literally. And and uh, and I saw that movie and I didn't sleep for two nights. And I just remember um, I'll never forget. Like, did you see the director's cut first? No, no. I saw the original. I saw it on VHS. Um, this is back in the 90s, like 96, 97. And oh, oh, I just remember yeah. I remember being awake at night in my room with the radio on and Sex and Candy by Marcy Playground kept playing. And That's so for song. like it's, it is, but as a child, a for like a year, that song freaked me out because I associated with The Exorcist. Kind Holy of weird. Shit, dude. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. There's some all, inside stories for you. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. But yeah, no, I feel like I saw The Exorcist way too young as well. Um, again, always been a masochist. When I saw my, the, the original horror movie that I got that got me into horror was Scream. I saw Scream in in the theater. I snuck mm. in to go see that movie. Um, yeah. Because the originally, I went to go see this movie, uh, I don't know if you remember, with Dougie Doug and Christina Ricci called uh, That Darn Cat. 
Oh, I remember so, that darn cat. <laughs> so I went to go see that darn cat, and um, I hated like the first like 15, 20 minutes of that film. And I was like, I'm not watching this. Got up, and my older cousin went to go see Scream. And I told her, I'm like, what movie are you watching? She goes, oh, it's a horror movie. You can't see it. It's it's uh, it's very scary. And obviously, you know, tell a kid, you know, at 10 yeah. years old, don't do it. First thing I did. So I snuck in, like I was looking and then, you know, they remember the theaters that have so many doors. I'm looking to see if they're looking. They didn't. And I left that dark cat and beeline to scream set all the way in the back row. Theater was completely packed. And I got there just in time. I didn't see maybe the first two minutes or three minutes of the film. She was already crying and screaming on the phone. And uh -huh. they, you know, killed her boyfriend. I was like, oh, my. And then you see her, Drew Barrymore, hanging from the tree. And I was like, what the hell? And I was so, sh like, shook that I couldn't move, right? That I was so mm -hmm. scared that I couldn't move. But I was just so intrigued by the story, by the characters. I, I'm like, man, these characters are awesome. And then they're getting killed opened up Pandora's box for me, literally. And um, ever since then, so then I saw, I told my uncle, I'm like, dude, I saw this movie called Scream. I didn't sleep for like a day when I saw Scream. That night, mm -hmm. cold sweats, I told, I ended up crying, telling my mom that I snuck into a theater watching a movie I shouldn't have watched. And it's about serial, a guy that kills because of movies. <laughs> Am I becoming a serial killer because I like oh, movies? No. Like I ended up messing with my, imagine I was 10 years old when that movie came out. And, said 90s um, mother's worst nightmare. Dude, it was bad. So I ended up telling my uncle that was into horror and all that stuff. I'm like, you got to watch this movie called Scream. It was great. And he goes, yeah, your mom told me cried about it. <laughs> and he's like, if you really want to watch a horror movie, watch The Exorcist. Never forget that. Went to Blockbuster that, that weekend with a mm -hmm. bunch of friends. Mm -hmm. Saw The Exorcist for the first time. I was 10 years old when I saw it. And scarred me for life but is now my favorite horror film like i oh, adore I that it. film yeah i adore and I, that and, film. and 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 this is not the exorcist episode i know but just the reason i love it is because uh i'm a pretty secular guy at this point in my life but i still relate to the film it doesn't matter that it's about religion at face value it's about so much more and as yeah, a parent well, just, and as a as a father that movie really messes with me now too Oh, absolutely. No, and uh, uh, Steph hadn't seen it either. There's a bunch of films. Like, I'm always catching her up with, like, my favorite films. And she's like, I heard this movie's too scary. I don't want to watch it. She didn't. It's crazy because she found Hereditary to be so much more scarier than The Exorcist. Um, she ended up liking The Exorcist. She said it was overhyped completely. But she said that she didn't think it was, like, the whole science behind it. And then it jumped into the religion part. She's like, they really wrote this film really smartly she, she thought it, she's like it's very smartly written mm -hmm. very well acted she goes it's all that she goes i just don't think it's, it's the scariest film of all time i'm like yeah you didn't see it at 10 years old it's, it's not the same <laughs> context 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 it's, exactly. no, it's funny that i can't believe that you see you saw midsummer four times in theaters i got i went to see that movie with my grandmother and my sister my grandmother left at the cliff scene and I left uh, being very nauseous at the end of the film. Like I, I felt sick to my stomach walking out of that movie. I've never. I'm felt watching this movie this weekend, and we will talk about it. Both. No, yeah, I've never is. felt that way about a movie in my entire life. Just being sick walking out of the theater, and I don't know how that feeling came up. I think it was just a combination of everything that happens within it. Jader, you would absolutely love it. You're gonna dive right into it and never want it I to end. Wait. 
Um, but uh, let's uh, let's we've been talking for quite a while, guys. Let's jump into our movie. So, Adam, uh, when we asked you to come on the show, you gave Jader a list of films, and this was my favorite mm. discussion to have with Jader because <laughs> Jader's like, "Oh man, you should see the list that Adam gave me." And so this is let, let's give it. Let's give Adam a, a little. Background. And this was, trust me, this was tame from coming from me. <laughs> yeah. So, so check it out. Um, obviously, you were you were watching the show when Marisol was on, and that's when I, you know, I'm like, I got to get Adam on the show. Reached out to you the whole nine. You send me your list right away. So, yeah. this is the thing. Um, Kyle here. I know you were talking about you know pre two thousand films. Kyle here is a huge fan of the nineties. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, he's not. He's like every 90s films that we reviewed, he's like, I just don't get why you guys love this this movie. Yada, yada, yada. So it's been with him lately where he's been like, why are they picking these films? Why can't we talk about something better? There's so many great films we talk about and we're talking about. And just for, for as an example, I'm going to use Big Trouble in Little China. He wasn't a fan <laughs> of the film. Right. So he's like, why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about dogma? Dogma lost to almost famous, which we ended up doing last night. So we, we got almost famous for, for Kyle. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, so this is Colin's list. And hold on, let me send it to you. Not nah, send it. I remember most of them. Um, it was a creep show. It was dead. Creep man. Show, Blue, Velvet, Blue Velvet, dead man. Uh, um, Lieutenant. Bad Lieutenant and uh, about Schmidt. And about Schmidt. But it was it was, Kyle, it was it was the Nick Cage Bad Lieutenant. Nick Cage, Twitter. yeah, Nick Cage. The Herzog, not the, not the Ferrara. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so Kyle saw that list and said, "What the shit is this?" <laughs> <laughs> and um, whatever we we uh, we posted it. Uh, we posted on the site, and you know the fans voted about Schmidt. He's like, "I've never even heard of this film. What the hell is this?" And then, what did I tell you, Kyle? What did I tell you? Yeah, it's actually a pretty good movie. I, I'm, I'm like, it's, watch it. I'm like, watch I'm, it. You, I think I'm like, I, I'm like, I know your taste, and I feel like you will enjoy this film. I, I'm mm -hmm. like, out of all the ones, this is kind of the one that I wanted to win because I know this is like right up Kyle's alley. I love Alexander Payne. I think he makes yeah. very, very he makes great movies, and like the Descendants With is something. With the exception that, of downsizing, let's okay. be clear. Let's I, be clear. It's ambitious. But yeah. I think like the Descendants is a movie that's almost like comfort food in a way to me. I just like going back to watch it. And it's I, so I, great. It's it's really great. So I like I'm surprised I had never dived into this film before about Schmidt. And you know, after you chose it, Adam, I was, you know, very impressed with like how much I enjoyed this thing because I didn't expect it at all. But Adam, I want to hear why did you choose to put about Schmidt on your list? Is it one of your favorites or is it just something you wanted to have fun talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, about Schmidt is comfortably in my top 20 films of all time. Maybe not my top 10, but it's up there. Uh, um, I saw it when it released in theaters, not knowing much about it. Um, at the time, yeah, I was in high school. Um, and by the end of it, I was blown away that as like a sophomore or junior in high school or whatever I was, I was like blown away by how much I related to this man. Uh, who was retiring um, and going through this crisis of identity and meaning and all these things. You know, he's lost so much all at once. And, uh, and, and it was like this moment where everything like clicked and like, 
like I understand my grandparents. <laughs> like I yeah. like I understood them as human beings mm-hmm. because uh, I saw this. I understood them better anyway because I saw this film. And then I've just it stuck with me, and I've gone back to it countless times over the years, and it gets better every single time I watch it, including in preparation for this episode. I rewatched it, and just in the past year, um, uh, the the things I've experienced have colored the way I experience this movie now when I watch it. So um, it evolves with me. That's and that's why that's why I put it on the list. I think it's just, it's one of those movies where it's about appreciating what you have while you have it and yep. taking in the little things as they come along. And I think this movie is so clever the way it's told that like how you see this, you think it's going to be about this miserable old man. And then once everything starts falling apart for him, he starts trying to take in those little moments little by little as he moves along what trying to reconnect with his daughter and show that he actually does have an appreciation he's trying to hold on to something that before it's gone because he sees he's at the end of his life he sees mortality is so something that's so precious after losing his wife so mm-hmm. i just I really appreciated about that about the film but jader what did you like so much about about schmidt same thing actually it's funny that that uh adam mentioned seeing it in a theater this would be back then at least um uh, in 2002, it's not a movie that I would go voluntarily to go see in the theater. It just, it, back then, my movie taste was completely different than what it is now. Um, I was really, really, really close with my, uh, with one of my uh, English teachers and him and I would talk film all the time. So we would ask each other every Monday, hey, did you catch any films? What did you see this week and this and that, that weekend? I guess because about Schmidt I don't know what went up against it. I, I can't remember, but I did not go to the movie theater that weekend. So I asked him, I'm like, hey, what did you go see? Uh, did you see anything? And he goes, I went to go see about Schmidt with Nick, uh, with uh, Jack Nicholson. And I'm like, oh, how was it? He's like, probably a little bit too boring for you, man. He goes, I thought it was fantastic. He goes, it's something that I would go watch. Uh, he goes, I would recommend it to you. He goes, but I feel like you might be a little bit too young, even though you are pretty mature. He goes, Give it a shot. You might like it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. So I went to go see it. And I was surprised by how much I really enjoyed this film um, at that age. And it's a movie, mm-hmm. just like like you say, that I definitely go back and revisit. Not as often as I should, because I probably haven't seen this movie in about three years until you obviously brought it up and we had to uh, rewatch it. But it was a film that I owned on DVD. So it was mm-hmm. uh, um, one of those that I would you know, watch. And I would show some, uh, I showed a couple of my family members and a couple of my friends. I'm like, watch this, man. I'm like, this is pretty good stuff. Um, but same thing. It's, it's, and it, it I just really like, it was so much better now that I saw it now as an adult, you know, we've all gone through our shit. We've all, you know, had, um, things, We've lost uh, family members. We've lost uh, uh, friends. I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys lost any friends or anything, but just like exactly what Kyle said, appreciate the things that you have while you have, you know. And it just it it just kind of like clicked this last time where I was like, holy shit, man, this movie is but fantastic. What what I love about it though, especially is, and this is the gift of Alexander Payne when he's at the top of his game, is he's able to balance uh, cynicism and sentimentality really, really well. And uh, this movie has an emotional impact for me, but it loses none of its edge throughout the entire runtime of two hours. 
Yeah. Uh, it's a movie that is so quiet and so leisurely paced and it's two hours long, but for me, it feels like a 90 minute film. It really clips and, and uh, always goes very quickly for me. And I also love examining, because I'm a big Jack Nicholson fan, I love examining this in the context of his career. It's his final Oscar nomination. He lost to Adrian Brody, which I'm not going to complain about, but uh, I would have been thrilled if he won for this movie. Absolutely. And I think think he would have earned it. And I think it's so cool that he still had The Departed ahead of him and a few other things. But this movie, he's so subdued, which is not something we see a lot with him. And that's why I think the the performance is even more impactful because we know what Nicholson is capable of doing on screen. And he's very expressive in the film, but he's not screaming and kicking and throwing tantrums. Uh, you know, there's like one or two scenes where he gets a little, a little fired up, but it's little overall, Nicholson. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but overall, he, overall he's pretty, he's pretty chill. At this yeah. He looks like he's constantly on the brink of just exploding. About like to explode. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I, I love that about him. And Jack yeah. Nicholson plays it so well. Like, please, like, don't say if you say one wrong thing, he's going to lose it. And I just think he like that face <laughs> is perfect the entire time. Um, mm-hmm. Any last things you guys want to uh, talk about about this before we jump into the categories? Um. Um, I can wax poetic about this film, which I'll do towards the end of the show. All right, so well, this is going to give us a good a good chance to dive into so many deep things about mm-hmm. this. So let's start with our first category here, best scene. Uh, Adam, you are a guest here, so I'm going to go to you first. What is the best scene in this film? Or the one that you go back to the most? It's debatable. Uh, it's very debatable. Um, there's so many scenes I love in the film. Um, you know, uh, I'm not going to say any of the Indugu letters because those, those are all great scenes. Um, but they're really effective monologues and I kind of grade them on their own set of rules. I can't compare them to like other scenes, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but all the Indugu stuff is perfection to me. I love it. Um, uh, uh, when it comes to character scenes, um, look, it, I know it's an obvious comedic scene, but I think because it is just this climactic moment of tension uh, and the comedy and the dramatic tension comes together at the same moment is the hot tub. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> I was and, shitting on you, by the way, for picking this because I'm like, God damn it, man. I got to see Kathy Bates naked again. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what? Like, uh, I've I've always loved Kathy Bates and this film is no exception. Um, no, she's I, so she's so great, dude. She is so great in everything she she's in. She always gives like a thousand percent. We'll get well, I, I guarantee she'll come up on the later. Yeah. episode. So. She brings so much energy, but the thing I love about that scene is at that point in the film, uh, Warren has spoken his mind uh, and his daughter said, make your peace with my marriage, Um, get over yourself, uh, as she should. And and he's kind of just in this state of, uh, uh, he's just resigned himself. And after that day he's had with, uh, the back pain and and uh, the 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 hysterectomy the hysterectomy meds that he gets from Roberta 
aka Kathy Bates, um, when he gets to that scene in the hot tub, it's funny because you know there's the shock value, but the shock value is one thing, um, and that only happens the first time you see the movie. Yeah. Um, the reason I like that scene isn't when I go back to it is because I realize when I'm not in a theater full of people like I was when I first saw that. Everyone was like, oh, because Kathy Bates was getting naked. And yeah. they were shocked because the movie was so, like, relaxed. And out of nowhere, there's this nude scene. Oh. And, 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 and Warren is taken aback and all this. But the reason I love it is because Roberta is the most honest character in the film. Yeah. And she calls Warren on all of his shit without being an asshole about it. She's just a good person. And... um. And I and she's not perfect. She's got an ang anger issues herself, but I, she loves her family unconditionally, and she loves Warren's daughter for the individual that she is. And she's this free spirited person, which is the complete opposite of Warren. And for her to come on to him on top of everything else was just this perfect moment of comedy for me, uh, because he's 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 reached this point where. Uh, he's at his wit's end, and we know that. But the, the thing that puts the power in her hands for me is she says, uh, Jeannie told us about your little freak out today, and I just want to let you know it's no big deal. And that's just her again saying, Warren, relax. It's You don't need to, like, control everything. Like, just... Mm -hmm. Life is a beautiful thing, and, and she's... I, I feel like she's um, uh, the spiritual pulse of that film in a lot of ways. Um, uh, and when I first saw the movie, I just thought she was like this comedic element. And I saw her as a very superficial character. And when I revisited it, I gained a lot more appreciation for that uh, performance. So that, that's why I like the hot tub scene so much. Uh, Jader, what's your pick? I'm cheating completely because uh, he said that he was going to do the letters completely uh, like separate them from everything because they're all great. But for me, it's my my favorite scene is actually the very last letter that he reads. And um, if I were being if I were being honest, that would probably be mine, too. Cause yeah. I cry every time and I'm not it's, saying it's it. no, no. And it's so fantastic. It actually choked me up this last time again, man. Mm -hmm. It's been you know, it's been a hell of a couple last year. Uh, mm -hmm. A couple of years, sorry, and uh, just you know, you, you everyone, especially us, I you know, as as life goes on, you're gonna go through some shit, and him feeling him, uh, uh, Nicholson saying uh, that he is never gonna amount to anything, and that no one's gonna remember him. This and that, and that. this little boy, he changed his life over something that he saw in an infomercial on TV, you know, and mm -hmm. just saying that he wishes you the best, and that you, you know, you're making making him smile. It's just such an impacting scene. And it's crazy because it's a letter, you know, obviously being uh, um, uh, read, right? Mm -hmm. his, his, just him acting, his acting, his, his all his emotions that he shows in this film. And just like you said, we're used to seeing, you know, obviously seeing him in, in Once Flew Overs or, or, you know, seeing The Departed or seeing him as the Joker, or seeing just, you know, just how he is, Shining Town, Shining, exactly all those stuff. Seeing him in this state of, like, vulnerability and just, feeling like he's like oh my god like I, I i literally was writing a letter saying how he doesn't amount to anything or no one's going to remember him but here here's this letter saying the complete opposite of what i'm feeling right now i just think it's such a powerful scene beautiful scene um and it's it 
every time, even from the first time I saw that movie to the very last time I uh, saw that film. Um, it's just a scene that hits me every time that I watch it. I'm like, this is hands down the best scene in the film. So I, 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 I would agree with that. And if I could qualify my answer briefly, if that's okay. Yeah, um, man, this is your I, show, bro. <laughs> I, I, I just want to say, uh, the hot tub scene, I think is this, this amazing, uh, uh, collision of the dramatic and the comedic in that film. But what, uh, if I'm talking about emotional heft, I would have to say, um, and I know I'm double dipping here. Um, uh, his his speech at the wedding is great, not just because of his performance, but because of the way it's shot. And the part that gets me so much in that scene is when he starts saying nice things about Randall for the first time. And in the background, out of focus, you see Hope Davis breaking down and crying. Breaking down. Yeah, because her father's finally making the effort that she's wanted to make the whole film and it's out of focus. And that's what I think is so powerful about it. We're not we're not doing a hard cut close up on Hope Davis breaking down. And that and and that 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 that's a little moment that really gets me. That's that's some uh, powerful by the director, buddy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I actually went with the first letter. That's my favorite scene in this movie, because the first time you watch it, you're th- wondering to yourself, like, what's this movie about? What are we doing? Jack Nicholson hasn't really spoken up until this first letter. You don't really know what he's saying, what he's feeling, what's on his mind. He's just, he's going to his retirement party. He doesn't seem very happy where he is in life. Mm-hmm. And he starts writing this letter to this child and then just goes off about his life everything completely shifts from that moment on he hates his wife he hates his life he starts talking about how um she he hates how she pulls out the keys when they're walking to the car (laughs) and how he has to sit down to pee because wiping the seat with his foot wasn't good enough stuff like that like it was just it was so funny because the movie really takes a turn there how he hates the guy who took his job that he was forced to retire from all this stuff i think it's a great dramatic a great comedic twist from where we were going at the beginning. And I, I love how it sets the tone for the rest of the film. So that was the one that stuck with me the most. I don't know if you want to put, we have a favorite scene in the comments. I don't know if you want to put that up. I thought, uh, not a, um, but not, not a scene, but uh, a favorite um, moment. Very well, we got comment. a couple here. Cam Shaft says she loves the scene where he's reading the letter that he wrote. Uh, she loves that too. And then uh, uh, Marisol. Uh, Marisol said she loves uh, Roberta's wall. Uh, the wall with Randall with all his participation medals and perfect attendance. To follow. That's a great moment too. <laughs> that is a great moment. Oh, God, it's so good. Because the realization on, on, on Schmidt's face, because he's brushing his teeth and he's just like looking at these. Yeah. And just like with every single one, like the realization. Because he's so judgmental. But we're the audience. We're complicit. We are too. Yeah, absolutely. And, no, no, no. A thousand percent. And one of the lines and, that I yeah. actually love is when his wife uh, says, "My father wasn't too fond of you either." You know, but here we are. You know, and and, and he and his response. Oh my God! The way I wish that I want a prequel of Jack Nicholson and June Squibb scenes because <laughs> all of their scenes together are so good. Oh, and great. like when she says. I thought we'd have breakfast in, you know, when she makes breakfast. In the so RV. Sweet. Super cute. When she makes, super sweet, so, man. Yeah. And, and and she says, I thought it'd be fun if we had breakfast in here today. And he just looks at her and he says, fine. Sure. Fine. There and the, and fine. that reminded me of him in The Shining when he's pissed off at, at, at uh, Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall. Uh, yes. 
you know, but um, and then and then when she says, My father wasn't so fond of you in the beginning, he's like, Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, oh, let me move on to best line. Uh, Jada, I'm gonna start with you on this one. What is your pick for the best line in this film? Again, man, this is the emotional for about this film for me. I know it's I know it's funny, drama, and all that stuff, but uh, when he writes, uh, um, again, relatively soon I will die. Maybe in 20 years, maybe tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Once I'm dead and every and everyone around me dies too, it will be as though I never existed. What difference has my life made to anyone? None that I can think of. None at all. So it goes back to my favorite scene, obviously. Um, I explained why it's my favorite scene because he just feels like he had he did nothing. You know, this is his life. He invested in this company and all that stuff. And just everything goes, you know, felt like everything goes to waste. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says that and then immediately after he reads a letter on how he made a difference in someone's life. It's fucking poetic and I love it. So that's my answer. Um, I, I, mine kind of ties into it too. Uh, my line is another one from Schmidt and it's when he's, uh, he's speaking to his wife and he, after she's passed and he's like, I know we're all pretty small in the big scheme of things. And I suppose that most of you, most you can hope for is to make some kind of difference, but what kind of difference have I made? What in the world is better because of me? And I feel like we all kind of reflect on that at some point in our lives too. Um, you wonder if I were to die today, would anyone notice? Would anyone, would I leave an impact? And it's some. It's something that we face younger, but also as a, at an older age. I feel like a lot of elderly people probably go through this. What have I done in my life? What kind of impact have I had? And it goes back to the theme of this film, which is appreciating the things you have before they're gone and getting those small things. So I feel like that's his moment of realization because right after this is when you start to get the letter from uh, Nduku, uh, uh, sister, or the sister that takes care of Nduku and yeah. how everything kind of comes together then. So that's my pick as well. Adam, what do you got? Well, honestly, um, there's so many home run uh, lines that that uh, sum up some of the more emotional aspects of the film. And you both have named two of the best. Um, uh, but in, in, uh, in recognizing uh, the comedic strength of this film as well, um, Look, I'm a little obsessed with Roberta Herzl. I got a little crush on her. I can't deny it. And, and one of my favorite things about it is how much she hates her ex-husband, Larry. And, and Larry, uh, and I'll get to this later because I may or may not have a best uh, cameo uh, okay. performance. Um, but the thing I love about her is how, how short her fuse is with him giving the speeches. And and how he tries to give a speech when they're just at that little crappy dinner table with the lazy Susan in the middle. And it's just like the, the nuclear family. Like there's no audience, right? They're not at the wedding. They're not at the rehearsal dinner, but he gets up and he starts talking. And then she says, uh, and uh, I can quote with vulgarity intact, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. You're good. Um, he says, I was just trying to welcome our guest Roberta. And she says, you have welcomed us, Larry. Thank you so much. Now, will you please drink your fucking milk and shut the fuck up? <laughs> and then it's just a hard cut to the next scene. Uh, and we don't even get to see Larry react to that. And that's, I think, the next um, Because Larry's reaction doesn't matter. <laughs> and, no, no, and, that's, no, no. and that's what I love it's... about that character. Like, Roberta's just like, 
you can tell Roberta has just been handling this wedding and just like taking control. And I have no doubt that she genuinely loved Helen, uh, uh, Warren's wife. But like, since she passed, like she just, she's a woman who adapts and is like, we got to get this wedding off the ground and I got to put up with my ex-husband and, you know, my son's clueless and the, the, the father of the bride is a widower who's, you know, no use to us. And she's someone who I think is the unsung hero of the film. Cause she's like, she's getting it done. Roberta's no. getting it done. I kind of want to double dip. Just if we're mentioning a uh, comedic, um, whatchamacallit, the, uh, just, you know, a comedic quote very quick. I love the scene and it made me crack up the first time and it makes me crack up every single time that I watch this film. And it's just, a, it's very, it's the subtlety, I guess, of the of the scene. And it's when he's talking about going to visit his childhood home and mm -hmm. he's so excited that he's in town. And, um, you know, he goes and he goes to the address and he sees that it's a tire shop and he goes inside and he's just looking around. The guy's like, hey, can I help you? He's like, oh, I used to live right here. This and then that. But that <laughs> line that he delivers when he goes, you're not going to believe this. We had a tire swing over there. I, that kills me every time that I see this movie. I it's love, so funny. I love that. And I, is it weird that like one of my favorite lines of dialogue is when he orders a blizzard at Dairy Queen? <laughs> like, because he's, because she's like, what do you want? And he's like, Oh, I'll have some Reese's Pieces and uh, uh, cookie dough. <laughs> it's just so. It's like we didn't have to see it, but I'm glad it's in there. Well, that's one of my favorite moments of the movie too. Is when he's like, "I'm going to deliver a letter to his wife," and she goes, "Okay, but don't dilly dally." So he goes the Dairy Queen. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's why it's such a perfect beat because she says, "Don't dilly dally," and, yeah, then he, goes, and he looks at her like like uh, like. <laughs> Off with you, woman. So great, dude. Uh, next up is casting what ifs. I only found two for this movie, and they'll probably be pretty quick. Uh, first was Shirley Jones was considered for the role of Roberta. Um, could have been interesting choice, but I think nope. Kathy Bates is just kind of nope. like. Yeah. I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> Kathy and Bates then, deserves a wheel slice in the Schmodown. I'm going to say it. Now. Absolutely. I, I, feel like that's I, I feel like it is coming too. She's so awesome. Yeah. Harloff watches the show all the time, so of course. Uh, we'll see. And PJ, so we'll see what's going on. <laughs> uh, and then finally, I have uh, Thomas Hayden Church was originally considered for the role of Randall. Um, 2002, yep. a little early Thomas Hayden Church makes sense. That You know, yeah. that's funny because, you know, uh, Sideways is one of my favorite films as well. And Sideways and About Schmidt are pretty neck and neck for my favorite Alexander Payne movies. Um, and I love Thomas Hayden Church in Sideways. Uh, so oh, I'm glad, fantastic. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I'm glad they, he got to use him later. I, I absolutely. I agree. But the thing I love about Randall is how, how you have to do a, if you haven't seen the movie yet and you're watching it, you have to do one, two, maybe three takes before you realize that's Dermot Mulroney. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. He kills that role, man. He does so well. Oh, he's so good. The way so, he just like walks like this. <laughs> <laughs> that guy crushes it in this movie. Uh, let's move on to the Mahershala Ali Award for best sharpshooter. The character does the most in the least amount of time. And Adam, I'm going to start with you on this one. Who do you think qualifies for this? The most in the least amount of time. Yeah. Who, well, like, who leaves the biggest impact for you in the shortest amount of time? Um, 
Well, short amount of time, I guess I would give to June Squibb because uh, Kathy Bates, I think, steals the show as supporting performer. Um, but I'd say, like, uh, with with the least amount of real estate, June Squibb is so impactful because you get such a an idea of who this woman is, how sweet and and uh, committed she is to her family, um, how unconditionally she loves her husband, even though she has all these ticks that annoy him. Um, and I just. I think there were enough scenes of them together in the first 20 minutes that by the time you get that, that moment when she's gone, I feel it. I, I felt it when it first happened because um, I just, I felt the history of their relationship from when they're driving to the retirement dinner, um, the montage when he's doing the first Indugu letter where he's complaining about her. But even the thing I love about his complaints about her is even by saying all these things that are superficially nasty, he's really confessing how much he loves this woman in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that it's flattering or that he deserves a medal for saying these mean, nasty things about her, but he's honestly betraying how much he really loves this person in a lot of ways because he notices these things about her because he's been around her all his life. I really think she's amazing in that movie. And, and then she goes on, to be nominated for an Oscar for Nebraska, which feels justified. Yes. And we actually just talked about her the other, or a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, for we, Palm we Springs. Palm Springs, yeah. We she's got Palm, like, Palm Springs where we mentioned her, absolutely. <laughs> um, Jader, who do you got for this? I actually have Kathy Bates. Me too. Um, I felt like she, you know, she wasn't like completely in the full film, so I felt like she, she did qualify. And again, she just crushes it. Um, Adam pretty much nailed everything about you know, why she was just so great in this film. Uh, she was very cutthroat, which is one of the things that I absolutely love. Like, yeah, shh. like, like, like every one of those scenes have been so great. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, I, I agree with Adam. She's just, I think Kathy Bates is such a gem. Um, and everything that she does, she just crushes. And, you know, I remember when, um, again, my, my love for her has grown throughout. Um, I remember when I saw this movie for the first time, I wasn't in like not that I wasn't into film, but I just didn't see as many films as I've seen now. And I was like, hey, it's, you know, Molly from Titanic. That's that's who that is, <laughs> you know. But uh, seeing her now and seeing her, I like she's just so fantastic, dude. So uh, that she she's my pick for the Mahershala uh, Ali Award. She did so much in just you know a very very little time. Um, so that's mine. I I that's the, my pick as well. And I, you, th you got to think about it. She shows up what two thirds into this movie like yeah. it's she shows up pretty late but then it feels like she's been there the entire time by the time this film is over like she leaves the such a massive impact that to me like i feel like she was just like such a quick choice when i was going down these categories like yeah i feel like she's just like every scene she's in i'm drawn to her she's the one i want to hear what she has to say and then her interactions with Je with jack nicholson are just terrific so i think that's who I went with as well. We move on next to the Bill Murray Award for Best Cameo. This is a little tougher to find people to choose this, like people who actually leave an impact. So, Jader, I'm going to throw it to you first. Who was your pick for this? Um, my pick for this one was Larry. It was Howard um, he Larry. Uh, How uh, Hesserman. Is that his last name? Howard Hesman. Yeah. Hesman. There you go. Hesman. Uh, he was awesome. 
he was in and out. He was getting beat by uh, by Kathy Bates, man. It's the same thing. It, it's one of those where every scene that he was in, and then at the end with the speech that you know he uh, that that Warren just kind of gives him, it's like, hey, man, you you've been great. Thank you so much. And he kind of gets like that, you know, looks at like like that. I told you so. I, I, I'm doing all right, you know, like that little uh, like you know when you give your kid a pat on the back for doing great. I felt yeah. like that that was what Warren did to him in um in that speech at the end. He was you know, he was just a great character. So uh Adam, who do you got for this one? Um well Howard Hessman was high on my list as well. Um uh, you know, the thing is I have um I have an affinity for Howard Hessman because he was in um he was in a film uh that I'm very fond of called Ruben and Ed which is uh, not something that um, uh, is tremendously popular with the public at large, but it's a comedy uh, in which Howard Hessman and Crispin Glover are stuck in the desert together, burying a cat. Um, and Howard Hessman plays a character in that who is uh, trying to get more people involved in a pyramid scheme, just like Randall is in About Schmidt. Um, and Crispin Glover is one of his most recent targets um, uh, for that, uh, which I found funny. Um, but uh, the other one I had on backup, because I thought Howard Hesman might come up uh, and Jader proved me correct, is uh, Len Cario, uh, or Len Cario, I'm not sure of the pronunciation, who played um, uh, uh, Ray Nichols, uh, Schmidt's buddy. Uh, who gives the speech at the retirement party, who had the relationship with his wife, all that stuff. Mm. But his speech at the retirement party where he says, "All he, he does that line of repetition where it doesn't mean a goddamn thing. And you just see, you see tension rising up in the room with certain people, um, everyone except Warren Schmidt. Uh, uh, every time he says, doesn't mean a goddamn thing, Warren smiles wider and wider. And you just see the history of that friendship on display. So I think, I think he's got a, I think he's really good too. Uh, I actually, I couldn't really think of anybody per se that really stood out to me in a short amount of time for a cameo. So I kind of, I went with someone who exists, but we never see them. And that's a Ninduku's caretaker. Um, her last letter is just like, it steals the show. It makes you sh like, you get, get such a grasp of humanity from what she mm -hmm. says and you know never we never see her face but we get to see or we get to see her impact and just that one letter is terrific so i felt like she left such a great she had such a great moment without even showing up on screen so that was my pick for this award because i kind of want to think outside the box a little bit next up we have the gary oldman everyone award for best overacting this is where i go with james m connor who plays the best man at the wedding um he's okay your, drunk best man and he's just trying to throw out these stories and be funny and it's like all right all right man you're doing oh you're overdoing it just a little bit um he's funny though i had a good time with him i like we like to say in the show jader uh 80 compliment 20 percent insult <laughs> right yep absolutely that was uh, my so pick. that's your pick too <laughs> yeah that was my pick that's <laughs> james m connor absolutely same thing uh same reasons he, uh, I felt like, you know, the telling the stories and all that. I, I mean, again, it wasn't, a, it wasn't, it's not a bad scene. It was bad acted or anything like that, but it was just like, tone it down, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, 
it's funny because like it also reminds me I've been to a few Midwestern weddings uh, with the drunk best man uh, who looks just like him. And and what he says is like, and you were both really there for me when I was dealing with that thing yeah. last year. So <laughs> and, then, and we just move on and that's all we yeah, need. Yeah. Um, the thing that blows my mind about Alexander Payne's attention to detail is the way he uses extras. The extras in this movie feel like they're just real people in Nebraska. Like yes. and Colorado and, and stuff like that. And and there's this moment where um they're they're at the rehearsal dinner and this time around because I've seen the film so many times and I was paying attention to the background where there's like this whole little league team like having like an after party. Yeah. Uh and like you see everyone running around in uniform in the background. And the fact that Alexander Payne just took a minute to be like, no, like this, they're going to have a rehearsal dinner, but it's going to be in a place that's of a certain budget. And, you know, how, how, how can we get that across? And he's got this little league team, like just there casually after a game. And then they're there with their rehearsal dinner. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying like, that's just, that's just one of those moments of, of, uh, uh, soft-spoken truth that this movie yes. does that I, I really just I feel like I've lived that moment in a way you know uh, there's so many moments of about Schmidt that I feel like I've experienced to some extent in my life by extension these feel like human stories uh, a mm-hmm. lot of Alexander Payne movies do like they just like this is something that we could all experience and a lot of people have at some certain points so that's what I really appreciate about him um, next, we move on to the Steve Carell See You Next Tuesday Award. This is Jader's favorite category. So this one, yeah, I, this is the reason why I told you to pause because I realized I did not send this category to Adam, even though, ah. again, he's seen this movie a million times. So that's why I was like, oh, my God, I forgot to tell him. That. So this is a, a new edition. That's why it wasn't on the uh, picture that I sent you. Uh, when uh, James White, let's just give you a little background. When James White uh, was asked to be on this show, his pick was the way, way back. And um, it was the very first time that I had seen that film. Um, and one of the first times that I had ever seen Steve Carell in just in that light. Um, he, he just sucked. So I we never give awards in the show to, you know, I, I mean, after that we started to, but beforehand, like, you know, it was the biggest prick in this movie. So because of that film, because uh, Allison Janney says, you know, she called me to see you next Tuesday. I was like, that uh-huh. is the perfect category for this show from now on mm-hmm. so we do have mm-hmm. the see you next tuesday award and uh you're more than welcome to uh go ahead off the top of your head if you need some time we'll go ahead and take it <laughs> oh my god jader you're just gonna put him on the spot like that <laughs> right there man this is how it is this is one of his favorite films dude you know i think there's two very i think there's two very obvious choices for this um by the so way did I, did I do the uh did i do the overacting award as well Okay. No. Yeah. No. I. I did. Yeah. Um. Because I just realized that that couple at the RV park is pretty high up there too. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Because 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 they're great, but they're like almost out of a Christopher Guest movie, and I'm like, <laughs> and 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 they're perfect because like like Warren's playing off of them so well, and the comment where the husband like Warren's like, hmm, is something burning. And then he's like, "Oh no, no, no! I just lit some matches." <laughs> he just came out because he just came out of the bathroom. Bathroom, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, oh my god, that scene! That scene where 
the the, the wife is just like you poor poor man you poor yeah. man like you know where it's going and you don't want oh it to. Oh my god, you don't want yeah. it to go there, dude. The whole time and- I'm like, this is so cringy, dude. This is so cringy. This sucks. <laughs> but he knows. He knows. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And she's like, I don't care about sorry. Just go. He's like, Can I have my jacket? Can I have my jacket? Christ, it's, Christ. Yeah, dude. It's just so bad, dude. And, it's and so- then like all that bubbliness is just gone. Like yeah. she's just like, get hell out of here i never and the way he bolts out of there in that rv i love how awkwardly he drives that rv throughout that whole movie that cracks me up um so so see you next tuesday award um hmm. uh you're putting me on the spot so i'm gonna give it to duncan uh randall's brother who just sits there like 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 that line at the end where Warren's giving the speech at the wedding and he's like, Duncan, you and I haven't had a chance to talk, but I, I've gotten the impression that you're a very thoughtful young man. <laughs> it's just like, the, like he's like mouth breathing and staring. Um, but like when he's at the dinner table, uh, he's saying like, all I know is I'm out of 800 bucks. It's like, yeah, yeah, you fell for Randall's pyramid scheme, but you are the kind of person who deserves to fall for a pyramid scheme, Duncan. Uh, yeah, you can tell, like, the Herzl family is a troubled family, and Duncan mm-hmm. is the lowest piece of hanging fruit in that family. That's saying a lot. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Jader, did we? I feel like you and I probably would have went with the same people on this award, right? Maybe, man. I don't know. We do this a lot, so... All right, um, I, it's the best friend, right? It's yeah, it's best absolutely, absolutely yeah. for me. Yeah, you, you know, jerk. it's <laughs> the whole time, dude. The whole time, you, you know, you're gonna Sally. I'm gonna Sally feel the shit out of this, but uh, but yeah, dude, it's it has it has to be the uh, the character of Ray Nichols, uh, that Len uh, uh, Carrie. I don't know how to say his last name. Yeah, Len Carrie. Carrie. Uh, yeah. You know, for me, it was just you know the whole time that you know. Again, the whole best friend gave him the speech and all that, and then you know after the wife's death, even even the the confrontation, like 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 you know I'm really gonna miss her and all that stuff, and then you find out like right after you had an affair with her this whole time. Yes, you you see you next Tuesday. I I <laughs> that is that is very fair. That is very fair. I guess I think it's softened a little bit in my mind because of that scene where he leaves the message. Uh, in the, on the payphone, then it gets deleted. Then it gets deleted. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great little moment. Yeah, I also went with him too because, like, you, you're. I, it's like I trusted you, and you're gonna cheat on me with my. You're gonna cheat on my with me with my wife. Like, it's you out yeah. of everybody. So, like, nah. There's you don't forgive him for that at that quickly. So, yeah, he he was definitely my pick for this too. Interesting details. I asked Jader to look around for a little bit too, because I really couldn't find too many details about the production of this film. Um, Alexander Payne uh, only had Jack Nicholson in mind for this film and would do whatever it took to convince him to take this role. Uh, Obviously it worked out for the best because I really can't imagine too many other people playing Schmidt. I feel like she's just kind of perfect for it. Um, Um, What else we got here? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say Jack Nicholson... Jack Nicholson, uh, the reason I think uh, this, why he deserves the Oscar nomination for this is because this is one of, and Jack, Jack Nicholson, he's a great actor, but more often than not, when we watch a Jack Nicholson film, we're very aware of the fact that he's Jack Nicholson. And 
Bauschmidt is one of the few films where I forget who he is. He's yeah, Warren like, Schmidt. I, He's not yeah. Jack Nicholson. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even when I watch like eighty nine Batman, I, I kind of see the joke uh, when he's playing the Joker. I still see Jack Nicholson. I really, yeah. like, especially with all the Jokers we've gotten since then. I'm like, oh, that's Jack Nicholson the entire time. But in this movie, this feels like a really lived in character the entire time. So I really mm-hmm. can't imagine too many other people doing this. The only other interesting detail I had in here was uh, the word Nindugu actually means brother in uh, Swahili. <laughs> And is also used as slang for friend in the United States. So we're all in Dugu's here. There you go, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, okay. uh, what do we got here? Apex Mountain. Is this the point? In, so this is the point in someone's career where they're at the peak. It never got better for them after this, but this was they're at the top. They could do whatever. When you look back at their career, this is what the, this is the best of the best for them. Does anybody or anything qualify for this with about Schmidt? Kind of open discussion here. It's it's hard to say. Um, uh, obviously, like the main cast, no, because they've all gone on to do a lot of great movies since then. Uh, Alexander Payne's gone on to do good stuff. I think the score by Ralph Kent is exceptional, but I also mm-hmm. think his score for Sideways is one of his best. Uh, um, uh, I'm going to kind of do a cheat. Okay. And and say that I think this was the apex for waterbeds. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's acceptable. That's acceptable, dude. That is totally acceptable. Um, that is great. That is fantastic. Um, because <laughs> this, was, this was the swan song for waterbeds and Randall Herzl's a metaphor for that entire, like, trend. Um <sighs> And his denial of how disastrous that bet is for Warren's back. And he's like, that's impossible. That's a blah, 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 3,000. Like, you know, uh, it's top of the line. And Warren's like, oh, you know, it's, uh, I think I need something more firm. Like, and I just remember in the 90s, I used to go to these uh, relatives I had in Indiana. And and my, my cousin had a waterbed, and I used to sleep on it. And as a kid, the novelty of a waterbed is great. Nowadays, you couldn't pay me to sleep on one. Hell like, no. Hell no. Like, Same thing happened if, with me. My best yeah. friend growing up, he had a waterbed, dude, and it's like it was awesome. <laughs> now? Hell no. <laughs> no, no. It's just like that whole trend is so bizarre when you like think about it and how like I worked in the furniture and mattress business for a few years, so I know how like waterbeds are just not <clears throat> they're bad news. Um and honestly, the movie's making fun of them, so calling it like the height of Waterbeds might be kind of disingenuous, but I also think it's it's kind of the 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 uh, the farewell to the waterbed trend uh, uh, is about Schmidt. Um, See, so, so I like to pull these out of the box answers too for Apex Mountain because none of the actors I think qualify for this. I wish I would have thought of waterbeds because that's a great call. What about RVs? Um, you know what. Uh, if Nomadland hadn't come out, I would say, oh, yeah. <laughs> and Doctor Sleep. It's not the yeah, movie RV Doc- <laughs> with Sleep, Robin dude. Williams. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, RV. Good God, there you go. Um, um, but no, I thought of RVs as well. I, I how about how about we compromise and say for Winnebago's? Winnebago's, I think that qualifies for this. What about people I named? Wa- Schmidt? I wa- <laughs> 
<laughs> is this the best uh, I ever got for for Schmitz? No, because like I know New Girl is super popular, so like <laughs> I I don't hate New Girl. I'm just not as like I never stuck with it. I watched like the first two seasons, but I do know that the character of Schmidt is beloved by the fans of that show. So. Yeah. Well, I think we can probably compromise here. It has to be in Dooku's, right? There's never been a better Ninduku moment than in this film. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that's a safe bet. I think that's a safe bet. I, Jader, actually, did you have anything for this? I do. I, I actually had Hope Davis. Um, this is pro- – I don't know. You guys can, you know, see if you think of anything off the top of your head that she was better. I mean, she had a very small role, and obviously in Civil War playing uh, Rhea Stark. Um, this was obviously better. Um, I, there's nothing that really stands out for me. Every time that i like, seen her, I'm like, oh, she's fine. I feel like this has been the best that we've ever gotten of Hope Davis. So that, that would be mine. I don't know if you guys can even think of anything else. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go to bat for a ton of her movies after about Schmidt. Like I like her in Synecdoche, New York, although she's kind of uh, kind of a thankless character in that, but she's really good. Um, yeah. I would agree that she's really good in this because she's so um, – she she doesn't overplay anything and yeah. and and uh uh her blow-ups towards randall are very genuine and the way she tolerates her father's behavior is so relatable um i've just i've experienced that as much as i love my parents i've experienced that with my own parents um i've seen uh um my parents experience it with their parents. Like it's just, it's a cycle. So that, and, that's exactly yeah. what it is. I feel like every mm. scene that she's in, like, again, when she is obviously when she sees her dad after some time, you know, crying in the airport. And then when he tells, you know, and then when she calls him on and his shit, like, why are you so cheap? Why did you pick this guy? Like she was very firm. Right. And then you get the blow up scene with her and Randall. And then you get the wedding scene that you mentioned. Like I thought, she, I I just think she's so fantastic in this film. But I I've never seen her, uh, kind of like beat this for some reason. Like again, she's again. It was. It, I'm not saying that she's bad in other films. I just feel like this has been her best. See, the only yeah. reason I didn't put her is because I saw her television work. Um, she's been nominated for an Emmy. She's been nominated for two Golden Globes. I just kind of feel like that's a little bit is a little bit more significant. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, that's it's kind of tough because this film has so many great performances. It just it feels like an insult not to say it was anyone's apex, but obviously it's not Jack's, it's not uh, Kathy Bates, it's not really anybody. So Hope Davis, I feel like does come the closest, but I haven't really seen like as far as film go, probably television. If we factor that into it, probably not. Sorry to laugh. I just read Marisol's comment about waterbeds, and I thought it was hilarious. What did she say? <laughs> Put it up. It says, "When I was ten, when I was ten, my parents' waterbed was flipping awesome. I slept on a waterbed two years ago, though, and it fucked up my it fucked my back up." All right, now did now hopefully she got her hands on some expired hysterectomy meds, uh, uh, so that like was it Percozan or or whatever it is he takes like that. That hard cut where like the priest is like, all right, and then and then the father of the bride will say a few words, and then it cuts to Schmidt, and he's drooling on himself, and yeah, like completely uh, out, dude. 
<laughs> All right, oh, guys. Uh, we move on to the final category here. Who won the movie? Adam, you are a guest. Uh, I want to hear from you first. Who won this film? Um. Well, you know, uh, it's hard not to say um, uh, Jack Nicholson, but at the same time, um, you know, he rarely he rarely fails. Um, uh, I'd say. Um, Hopefully it doesn't come off, come across as a cop out, but Alexander Payne because no, that was my pick too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, uh, because Alexander Payne for for me, this was like one of the first times um, I went home after the movie, hooked onto my dial up internet, and found out who directed this movie because okay. like like I didn't pay attention to the credits because like I was younger and I wasn't really paying attention to that, and then like afterwards I was like who made this? Like, I kind of want to see other stuff he's doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I remember when sideways came out, I saw it because of about Schmidt and I loved it. And I saw sideways in theaters twice, um, as a high schooler, uh, yeah. you know, it was a movie about like people going through midlife crises and I found it so relatable. And that's what I think the gift of pain, Alexander Payne is. Um, and before this, he did citizen Ruth and election, which are both really, really great. And I saw them later on in high school and then many times since then. But the thing about those two movies is they're very dark satires and about Schmidt is a very relatable human film that also is satirical in a way, but it's not, it's not alienating. Uh, it's very relatable. Um, and I think he, tr he continued that with sideways uh, Nebraska and the descendants to an extent. Um, but I, for me sideways and about Schmidt are the height of his, directing career and uh i think he's done a lot of great stuff since then but i think there is two best jader who'd yeah. you have for this same thing no i had alexander payne i had not seen i had seen election in theater to be honest with you didn't know he directed it to be completely honest just like that like you know the movie was great i got up and i left it wasn't um i have not seen citizen ruth to be um to be honest with you but i feel like he just again told just a wonderful story just like Collins mentioned earlier, he got a Jack Nicholson that wasn't playing Jack Nicholson. Yes. You know, we mm -hmm. got teases that he was going to turn into Jack, like, you know, just explode and blow up and all that. But um, he just told a wonderful story. Uh, again, for a, uh, for someone that I think this movie came out when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, for a sophomore to high school to go and see this movie and be like, wow, that, that was really great. You know, um, he just told this great, compelling story. He's got the best out of their actors. Like, again, now I'm talking Nicholson, Bates, Larry, like everyone that was involved in this film was just they brought uh -huh. their brought their A game um, and, and himself included. I think he definitely wins this film. It's actually I want to say and it's as much as Adams is saying um, that he, he loves Sideways. So do I. I think that movie's great. But I think about Schmidt is his best film as well. So. He definitely wins this for me. They're a virtual tie for me. Yeah, so, and it's a, yeah, um, and 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 just just honorable mention for taking Dermot Mulroney, who's this heartthrob actor, and turning him into Randall Herzl because it's just it's just subtle yeah. stroke of genius that people forget happened in the early two thousands. And you know Dermot Mulroney enjoyed doing that role, and uh -huh. like he actually oh, yeah. like absolutely got to try out some things and and he was this amalgamation of all these relatives 
I've met throughout my entire life, you know, like I, I felt like I met Randall and his whole family. Yeah. I'm tempted to say <clears throat> in Dooku because I just feel like there, anyone who watches this film, there's not a single person who's going to dislike in unless, you know, they've got, you know, biases out there, but that's for, and that's another story, but it, it is Alexander Payne. Yeah. You can make an argument <clears throat> for Jack Nicholson. Um, but it's, he's directed by Alexander Payne who gets this raw and gritty performance out of him. Um, I just, Jack is one of the greatest actors ever. And I think this is one of his most understated, but well done performances he's ever done at the end of his life. Or not, sorry. Wow. I just killed Jack Nicholson. Wow, at dude. I'm like, what are you career, doing, man? I just killed him. <laughs> At the end of his career, though, this is towards the end of it right here. This is probably his most significant one, I think, towards the end. So um, I'm going to go with uh, Alexander Payne on this, be able to grab that performance out of him as well. It's just something that's great. So that's my pick. That is going to do it, everybody, for this episode of the Jader and Kyle Show. Uh, Thank you all for joining us so much. Adam, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so sorry it was such a long time coming for these past couple weeks. Just little misscheduling uh, mishaps, but we're so glad we finally got around to it with you. Oh, not a problem at all. Happy to roll with the punches. And, uh, yeah, I love doing this stuff more and more often in this community. So don't be strangers. Absolutely absolutely not, man. Absolutely not. You'll you'll be a guest. You'll come back again. Yes. I mean, we like talking up shop, man, as long as we're talking Uh movies, right? Oh, yeah. I have no shortage of things to say on that topic. <laughs> um, Adam, do you have anything you want to plug, man? Um, you got a big match coming up, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I won the title last year against this guy named Dan Merle, and it was really exciting. Um, I have that's I've heard right? of him. Yeah. There it is. Um, but uh, in order to retain it, they're making me play him again. So I'm going to do that. Um, uh, no, honestly, I'm really excited to play Dan again. Um, I think. Like no matter what the result is, uh, this is this this pushes me to my limits. So I'm really excited for that match. So tune in on April 9th. Uh, mm-hmm. Become a patron a patron uh, uh, today uh, with the Schmodown, ten dollars uh, or higher. But um, uh, because it's been announced, um, I can say that I am officially participating in the free for all as well. So check that out towards the end of April. Um, so but in jealous, the mean- dude. I'm so jealous. <laughs> Well, Ben Bateman announced it for me. Thanks, Bate. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, 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 but, man. It, um, I can't. We, it, some of us that can't make it actually. A buddy it. of ours getting married. So it is what it is. I, I oh, congrats, to, congrats. Yeah, a buddy of us. A buddy is getting married, and um, we won't. I it it shoots the day of the wedding. So there's yeah. some of us. Yeah, you heard. You. I know you. I know you know somebody in the faction that can't make it. So. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah. Dude. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to play in that, but beyond that, um, uh, you know, I participate in shows like this when I'm invited, uh, follow me on Twitter and letterboxd at, uh, at Eisenthor, A I Z A N T H O R. And, and that's the long and short of it. Well said, uh, Jader, any final things you want to say before we get out of here? No, just uh, thank you all for watching, whoever tuned in. Thank you, uh, the comments, Kim, Matt, and, uh, and Marisol that were watching. Um, and check this film out if you haven't. It's, I know we kind of like spoiled it for you guys, but it's still, it's still quite the venture. Um, I feel like this film does obviously does not get talked about enough. 
Uh, I'm so happy that that uh, Adam did mention it. Mm -hmm. um, so check that out, and then just like you know, just tune into the movie trivia showdown. Um, I have nothing lined up as of yet. Uh, my match aired. If you haven't seen that, uh, aired last week. Me against Janine the Machine. Uh, hell of a match. If you guys haven't checked that out, please go ahead and like that and then obviously like subscribe and do what you got to do here and if you guys want to join the show one time we're a little booked up right now but i we will make time for you as long as you guys bring some great films i am ready to talk them so go ahead and do that as well yeah and guys uh tune in next week wednesday uh at 10 p.m we are going to be joined by the movie guys paul preston and adam mm -hmm. witt so going to be a fun show we don't know what movie we're doing yet be on the lookout for that poll Otherwise, thank you all again so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week on an all-new episode of The Jader and Kyle Show.